On this first Sunday after the resurrection of our Lord, we always hear this passage from John. It makes sense because it includes an appearance by Jesus on the Sunday following his resurrection, so there's a certain poetic appropriateness to it. It's also where we hear the story of Doubting Thomas, who is, as likely as not, one of our favorite disciples because he puts into words the doubts that all of us struggle with to some degree or other. But what intrigues me most about this passage today is that it is John's version of Pentecost. When we think of Pentecost, we are most likely to think of the passage from Acts 2, where folks from all parts of the world are gathered for the Pentecost festival, and the disciples receive the Holy Spirit as if tongues of fire and are able to speak in languages such that all people can understand them. It's also the occasion of Peter's first sermon, which culminates in the baptism of 3,000 new followers of Jesus. It's pretty hard to compete with tongues of flame and mass conversions, but I think John gives Acts a run for its money. There is something much more personal and humble and immediate in John's account. It is the evening of Easter day. Mary has come to the disciples earlier in the day to tell them that she has seen the Lord. Well, either the disciples don't believe her or don't understand what this means for them, or maybe just the excitement from that morning proclamation has worn off because now they're back to fearing for their lives. They have locked themselves together in a room for safety. Jesus appears to them. So the first thing that John's Pentecost story tells us is that our fear and all the other things we use to lock Jesus out will not keep Jesus from showing up. He can transcend the locked doors of our hearts and our lives. He seeks us out even when we're hiding, and he does so to bring us peace. The first thing that Jesus says is, peace be with you. He comes not to confront the disciples with their failures, of which there are many, but to grant them peace. This peace is a, a deep, holistic sense of well-being, the kind of peace the world cannot give. It is the peace that comes from forgiveness and restored fellowship with God. Jesus shows them his scars so that they know it's really him. And then he repeats, peace be with you. It's only when the disciples see the wounded body of Jesus that they recognize him as their Lord. This is the same Jesus who died on the cross. When they realize this, they rejoice. But they don't get a rest in that joy for very long. Jesus has other things to tell them. Having demonstrated that he is, in fact, resurrected, Jesus gives the disciples their commission. He tells them, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So this peace and joy that Jesus has given them is not an end in itself. It does not allow them to remain behind locked doors. The peace of knowing Jesus leads to participating in God's work in the world. 
They are no longer merely disciples, but apostles, literally those sent. Just as Jesus was sent to them, so they are sent out into the world to further the mission and message of God. And the mission of the disciples is the continuation of the mission of Jesus. Disciples demonstrate to the world the presence of Jesus just as Jesus demonstrated the presence of the Father. Then Jesus breathes upon them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. The verb for breathe that's used here is not common. This form is used in only two other places in all of Scripture. In creation, when God breathes life into Adam, and in the valley of dry bones, when God commands that breath reanimate those old dry bones, bringing them into new life. Jesus animates the disciples by breathing new life into them as new creations. He breathes out the Holy Spirit from his person, and the disciples breathe the Holy Spirit into their persons. This Holy Spirit, this constant presence of Jesus that abides with his disciples will empower them for the mission he gives them. Then Jesus tells the disciples who have received this new life, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This needs to be heard through the lens of Jesus' teaching. Throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus stresses that judgment comes not from God, but is the experience of those who deny or will not see the truth of Jesus and his message. We are to continue the work of making God's ways known. So we are commissioned to speak words of abundant forgiveness and sharp challenge. We bless and affirm the good, and we call out and resist the ugly. We are, through the guidance of that indwelling spirit, to name and work for those things that are consistent with God's priorities, and to name and work against those things that impede or would thwart God's purposes. So, it is right to speak out against discrimination, injustice, disregard for folks on the margins. And it is right to work in support of increasing peace and unity and a sense of community among all people. In this way, we live out our commission to forgive or retain sins. In all of these elements, of John's Pentecost, Jesus fulfills the promises he made to his disciples at their last supper together. There he told them that after he had gone away, he would return, that his peace would remain and abide with them, that their pain would turn to joy and be made complete, that the spirit would be bestowed upon them, and that they would be empowered to testify and bear witness on Jesus' behalf. It's good for us to be reminded that for these first disciples, there was fear and doubt and pain and confusion 
Before, there was understanding and joy and emboldenment. As disciples of Christ, likewise commissioned to continue Jesus' work, we should take comfort from the fact that Jesus had to come to these disciples many times before they finally began living bold and empowered lives. He came to Mary who testified, but that wasn't enough. He came to the disciples in the upper room, but that wasn't enough. For a week later, they're still hiding in this room behind closed doors. He came to them again that next week when Thomas was present. He came to them again when they were fishing. In none of these appearances does Jesus seem frustrated or disappointed. Jesus comes again and again to these scared and confused disciples. Jesus offers himself over and over again to any who want to see him. With no questions asked, Jesus gives the repeated gift of his presence and his peace. He comes to us again and again until we are strong enough to head out on the mission to which he calls us. During this Easter season, as we emerge and focus on how we will rediscover one another as this particular people of God, John's Pentecost account has much to guide us. The promise of John's Pentecost is that Jesus cannot be stopped by our locked doors. Jesus comes to us even in our doubts and our fears. He comes speaking peace, breathing into our lives the empowering breath of the Holy Spirit. And what is more, he keeps showing up. He comes back week after week to be among his gathered disciples in the word, in the prayers, in the meal. And he keeps sending us out from our safe, locked rooms into a world that, like us, so desperately needs his gifts of peace and life. Amen. Amen.